So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, which this week is called something different, even though it's the same as it always was. We need a different name. If we're doing the same thing next week, we need a different name for each one. Missed Corner Podcast. Nice. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that promises lots and delivers fuck all. Free blowjobs. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's very boring, but oh, so pretty. I'll take that. Free blowjobs. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the second gear pit lane getaway of F1 Podcasts. Trying something new, we'll fuck it up and nearly kill someone. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the forbidden celebratory burnout of F1 Podcasts. It's what everybody wants to see, but we're not allowed. No blowjobs. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, we have stopped working on this year's website. I mean, did we start working on this year's website? <laughs> Next year's going to be a pretty... <laughs> Big change to the website. <laughs> I'm G. Graz, and I'm nobody's number two, so keep that in mind when it is contract renewal time. Today, from our various webcams across a fractured Europe, we are going to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix, a glorious old-school track with beautiful surroundings and a threat of rain. How could it be anything other than a brilliant race? Well, F1, that is how. It turned out to be maybe the dullest race of the season, and they're doing it all again next week. Yay! We'll try to get over that and talk about pit lane fuck-ups, annoying technical gremlins and even more things that will be added to the script at the very last minute and then probably edited out for being shit. That is all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who loves sport. Other sport. It is Phil Tromans. It wasn't a classic weekend of Formula One, let's be honest. But today, while I've been working, I've had other sports on in the background. Tour de France, absolutely amazing stage. So amazing, I couldn't think of a word other than amazing. Uh, won by Mark Cavendish. And then England just beat Germany about half an hour ago as we record this. So uh, not even sure, not even sure I'm bothered with F1 anymore. I might just stick to football and cycling. What do you think? Want to do a podcast? Fucking football. Fucking, would it be fucking football and cycling or fucking football and fucking cycling? Well, I don't know if we should put them together. I think if we put them together, that's a niche that other podcasts don't do. But isn't that a good thing? We do a football and cycling. Well, I don't know, because then you've got more competition. If you if you go for the niche of people that like both those why things... Why don't we, we just do one on fucking why don't we sport? Just, why, no, why don't we do a niche podcast about Formula One, but none of us really like it? <laughs> I mean, that's what we've been doing for the past six years. It's going very well for us. That is a niche. <laughs> And alongside him is a man who is tattooed. It's Terry Saunders. Oh, show yes. us, show yes, us. You got a new tattoo. Show us, show us. Oh, that's oh. really cool. There's another cat. Oh. There's another cat. Three wow. cats, four cats. What? Terry's arm looks like it has a several cats in uh, the stages of maybe drunkenness yep, falling that's down. That's amazing. That is what I asked the tattoo artist for, exactly. They're only black and white. Are you having them coloured in? Nope, they're all black and white. All my tattoos are black and okay. white. So that Did you design like, it? Is that my old? When you say all your tattoos are black and white, that's two. now either two or eight, depending on how you count. Because they're separate cats, but done. Or did you have them done all at once or several sittings? Well, it was all in one sitting, but they didn't do them all at once. They, he did them one at a time. <laughs> so the actual inspiration is it's based on a Victorian photo of what happens when you drop a cat. And how does it write itself to land on its feet? And is it a Very metaphor, nice. Terry? It's a metaphor for me because I always crack a rib. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you're falling, you grab 
your arm. And go, right, what do I do? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chica, what have you been up to? Any tattoos? Uh, I haven't got any tattoos, no. I don't think I'm brave enough. Or I wouldn't think of anything cool enough. I'd put something in, like, in Comic Sans or something. <laughs> I, I think it was tattoo. really profound. Yeah. And then it Why don't I design you a love. tattoo for a, a wedding present? Okay, that would be nice. Prosecco right. o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> So I, speaking of weddings, uh, it was my birthday on Saturday, and thank you for your messages. And um, I went to try on my dress with my mum, and it was fun. But the woman, um, she took me to see it, and she said, "There she is," referring to there she is. Yeah. She talked so this about is the this dress. dress. She talked about it in third person. The fact it was so weird that that she kept referring to this dress like, oh, she looks nice. Yeah, because it's like you're it's wearing weird. a person now. The yeah. skin of a person. Exactly. Did she have to yeah. take up like the hem or something? And every time she put a pin in, you went, oh, she doesn't like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's not herself. I mean, it could have been anymore. worse. Could have been like, oh, she loves that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll touch her again. Here comes Listener's Corner and here comes Charles Leclerc, bashing everyone out of the way and yet somehow winning driver of the day. Let's start with the race itself, which was dull as fuck for some reason. Anthony Bishop says it felt like the average of all the worst Grand Prix races in the hybrid era, except Max beat Lewis rather than Lewis beat Max. And Stephen Gurr says, I fell asleep through half of it and it felt quite good. Ian Michael says they need to place landmines just outside track limits and carefully place snipers in the trees to inject a bit of excitement. If that seems too extreme, snowflakes, then just have starting pit lane bitch fights during interviews. Worst of the season so far, do we think? I Definitely. Mean, apart, from, apart from the one you missed, Terry? Did you watch this one? Well, I was thinking because the last race was good and we thought it'd be shit, I should try and not watch races because the ones I don't watch are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that backfired. <laughs> <laughs> How was the French Grand Prix good? And this was shit. It doesn't make any sense. Not sure. It's an old school track. It's a cool track. Mm-hmm. Not much happened apart from uh, Charlie Clark playing bumper cars and somehow being rewarded for it because everyone seems to like it. And Verstappen being all Lewis-like, basically. Yeah. Pulling out a gap, staying there. Yeah. And then being naughty at the end. And what do you think of um, Ian's plan? Sounds very, sounds very Terry, actually. I- do like that? Maybe landmines is a bit extreme. Mm. I do like the idea of like things where you run over them. And there's like sort of springboards that just like buck the cars up. Basically, what I'd like is those sausage, more of those sausage curbs like they had in France, and then all the drivers bitched about them and they took half of them away. I think landmines. Um, all right. Well, we'll go with. I mean, I don't think Michael Massey's. If Massey's bitching about unexpected burnouts, that he's not going to be happy about landmines. Okay, one a, landmine per season. I reckon, you know those YouTube videos where people sit on a car airbag and then get blown into the ceiling? Yeah. Maybe like some of those. Okay. Okay, yeah, maybe a landmine's a bit strong. Maybe maybe they could flip the car over, but there's less shrapnel. Okay. Of course, everything was not boring during the weekend. Jeff Brown said the most... Sorry, not everything. Sorry. Of course, not everything was boring during the weekend. Jeff Brown said the most exciting thing to happen all weekend was Bottas's pit lane drifting. Woo! That was good. Good old Bottas livening things up. We've always liked him. I mean, Bottas does the most Bottas things, isn't he? It's like, <laughs> all right, head down this week, Valtteri. You just need to have a good weekend where you don't make any silly mistakes. And hey, here's an idea. Is spinning in the pit lane even possible? <laughs> oh, it was highly amusing. So this this was all about Mercedes trying to figure out why they lost so much time against Red Bull in the last race. Because basically... They measured the sort of the the pit lane things when Verstappen undercut Hamilton last race and decided that if they could get away from the pits a little bit quicker, that's where they get them. So they said to Valtteri, why don't you try going away in second gear? And so he did, and he nearly killed all of McLaren's mechanics and got a three-place grid drop and some penalty points. But frankly, all of Ricardo's mechanics would have been like, thank fuck for that. (laughs) Death is better than this shit. (laughs) Wow. So speaking of pit lane nonsense, have we seen the last of sub-two-second pit stops at last? The FIA has issued a directive saying that teams must basically wait for a bit after wheels are changed before drivers are allowed out again. Nick Peppel says, awfully smart of Red Bull to start practicing slow pit stops. 
before the upcoming regulation change. And Adrian Lovell says, let's slow down pit stops because obviously that's a major issue that needs sorting out right now. Oh, and the FIA also had an issue with Max's burnout after the finish line. They're trying to suck every last ounce of fun out of the sport. Sigh. I mean, he's got a point, Adrian, hasn't he? So explain... Um, Of all the things that needed sorting out... Yeah, explain why this pit stop has been extended to over two minutes. Two minutes would be quite the... uh, (laughs) It would be quite the change. They just neutralise the race. Everybody comes in. Yeah, bit of a stretch. Have a run around. Cup of tea. Yeah. Um, No, basically they've... they've, A meal break. They've issued a directive that says that you have to wait for longer between all the different wheel gun dudes going, finished, and the guy who pressed the green light going, go! And they now have to wait for longer than that, which essentially means that they the pit stops will be longer and you'll not be able to get to do the two-second pit stops anymore. This seems like something that nobody was particularly worried about. But, but what's they the said point? how long? No, it's something like... Hang on, 0.5 seconds, was it? 0.2 seconds. There must be... Right, here are the directives. From the Hungarian Grand Prix in a month's time, teams may need to alter their procedure to ensure they comply with specific instructions. One being that the front jack release cannot begin until all wheel guns have signaled completion, and another that there must be at least 0.2 seconds between the jack release and the green light being shown to the driver. Thank you very much to the-race.com for that. The idea basically being that some people think that Red Bull are possibly being a little bit cheeky with their pit stops and preempting when people are going to finish, and that's why they're going. So they're actually going go before they're actually ready, and that's why they're being so quick. And they're worried that if they do that and they're not ready, something horrible will happen. I mean, it hasn't happened. Yeah, but entertaining. Well, this is it. But I suppose to be Captain Boring, the pit lane is the one area where you don't want to fuck about, and that's why they came down so hard on Bottas with his chicanery um how much because there's lots of people walking around there and they could get clobbered but how much difference do you think this 0.2 seconds is going to make i would imagine it will make about 0.2 seconds of difference okay uh but in terms of safety do you think it will actually make a difference yeah i think i think it'll mean that the pit lane is 0.2 seconds more safe right okay um, I having, will, having I will done sleep some science more soundly yeah. tonight a lot of people walking around going oh this is you know we don't need this to be half a second more safe but if it could be like maybe just less than a quarter of a second more safe I would sleep a lot better in my bed at night but then if all the teams stop their pit stops 0.2 seconds slower then it's all going to cancel each other out and actually the whole race will be 0.2 seconds slower per stop so maybe 0.4 seconds on a two stop race yeah well this is it and Uh, what if that coincides with you know like a plane crash (laughs) That's a what? good point. Well, what if they Blade left the crash. circuit, right? And in normal times, they'd leave the circuit 0.4 seconds before and they just miss a plane crash. But now they hit a plane. Yeah. Okay. That no, sense. that is a good point. Where's the whole, uh, the whole sliding doors? Doddy the whole idea of. Has that been brought up? What, the plane crash thing? I haven't yeah. brought it up at the meeting. I'd imagine Perez has probably mentioned it. He's probably um, trying to get the team to go bankrupt again. That's all he does. He's like saving <laughs> tires and making the team go bankrupt, and then save, stepping in and saving them. Yeah. What I can see happening is that somebody's going to do an amazingly good pit stop, and it's going to get them an undercut or something like that. And then, like two laps later, they're going to go, "Oh no, you've actually got a five-second penalty because you were only 0.16 seconds." Uh, between your, your wheels finishing and your green light going on, and uh, I'm afraid that's going to affect the race. And everyone's just going to go fucking hell, F1. I think they just should let make, them get on with it. They should make everything 0.2 seconds, so you get a 0.2 second penalty. <laughs> or the teams should start to cheat and just go ready before the cars even stopped. Just don't even bother with I mean, lights. The obvious thing to do would be to have some sort of sensor where you literally cannot release the jack. Like, the the, the jack's got Bluetooth in it or something, and you can't release it until something on the wheel said, yep, we're on. That would be the obvious way of doing it. Just over-engineer the fuck out of it. That's the F1 way. Have you ever used Bluetooth? Can you imagine using Bluetooth in a stressful situation? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, don't connect to the... Oh, God. (laughs) Now connected to Pierre Gasly's Alpha (laughs) Tauri. No! (laughs) (laughs) So another news, with Honda getting out of F1 just as they get good, as is now customary, 
Could we be about to see a new major car manufacturer get into the engine business? There's a big meeting happening this week with F1 bosses meeting with various interested parties to discuss the 2025 engine rules. And those in attendance include bosses from Porsche and Audi. They'll sit down with Ross Braun and Stefano Domenicali from F1 and Jean Tot from the FIA alongside big dogs from Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault and Red Bull in to just have a little chat about what might or might not be in future power plants. Are we about to see one of these brands in F1 then? No. Maybe. No, 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 no. Not a chance. But there's been this discussion going on for, ooh, 10 years, maybe? Rumours that Porsche or VW or somebody or Audi or somebody are going to come in to F1. And there's there was perhaps slightly stronger rumours a while back and then there was the whole Dieselgate scandal uh, and the VW group were like oh maybe we better not do it right now but with new rules with more eco-focus of some sort probably coming they're going well we'll have a look see what's going on maybe it could be good for us but I think the challenge is going to be that a lot of car manufacturers are going we're going fully electric so anything other than fully electric and we might not be interested that's right. Formula One could go fully electric. It's not like the FIA signed a contract with Formula E for like seven squidian years to be the only electric thing. Are you saying that sometimes the FIA can be short-sighted? Because that doesn't sound like that. That's I'm saying the FIA has got back themselves in the recorder. So what will happen is that <laughs> F1 will be 99% electric. And then 1% <laughs> they'll just have to like drive through an open flame at the end of each lap. <laughs> They'll have a little a little moped engine and then a massive battery in <laughs> the electric motor. It just sounds like a little sort of... Or, you know, when fast. you get like a moped against a roundabout to make it spin round. Yes. Like that. That's that. how they start, that's how they start a... the electric engines. They just get a moped wheel against the flywheel <laughs> of the car. Well, so the moment when they come out with this sort of the long pokey engine starter, instead they literally come out with a with a moped <laughs> and just put it against the back of the car and just rev it. I don't want to be too professional. Mm. But um, <laughs> like what proper podcasts do to keep people waiting, there is an announcement coming up later in the program about new engine formulas. <gasps> Ooh, I thought you were going to say mopeds. That would have been more exciting. But okay. Well, it's better than mopeds. Let's just say wow. someone's getting back into the engine business. Oh, my God. Oh, snap. Well, in the meantime, tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For f one Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For f one Sake or email us wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think things are going well for you, well, that is just great. Why not share the love or money by buying us a beer? Just like Mitchell Welker, who said, shout out to the classic F1 weather. Downpour 30 minutes after the race ends. Thank you, Mitchell. Welker is a name i've never heard before and i like it that, that sounds to me like murray walker's ghost has got his name a bit wrong it's <laughs> oh and here they go it's, it's mitchell welker <laughs> nathan woolett who says my wife eve woolett requested silverstone tickets for her birthday 30th of june hopefully your pod come out around then since you've emptied my wallet have a round on us too keep on podding happy birthday Yay. eve Nathan, you're a very generous man because I can't... Well, actually, maybe Silverstone tickets are cheap this year because it's harder to go. I don't know. Normally, no, they're I, very expensive. I bet they're very expensive. Shall I find out? Should we find out how much Nathan loves his wife? Yeah, go Silverstone on GP tickets. From £99 for uh, tickets to... Oh, Grand come Paris, on. Don't so believe the cheap. from. Don't believe the from. It's 255 quid for Sunday. According oh, to this, exciting. at least that's what's available now as as we as we record, which is uh, that's each, by the way, so for one I, day. I would say Nathan loves his wife quite a lot. Lisa Bargatze, who says, "Y'all are our favorite F one podcast. <laughs> Thanks to y'all for making a." Can you do it, please, Phil? Because you're much better at accents than me. So where, what are you going for? West Country, is it? Well, I was trying to do South America. Y'all are our favourite West F1 what? podcast. Is that what you were going for? <laughs> no, what it's more think? like, y'all are our favourite F1 podcast. It's like a sheep auction. Thanks, y'all, to making us laugh. And thanks, my big brother, for the podcast recommendation. Do Long Pool, who says, no cost cap for beers. That's a very good point. There is That's no cost cap for beers. There seems to be no cap for length of your name. 
rigtig lunge på. <laughs> And finally, Cameron Cerullo. That's a good name. He's not even said anything. He's just come in here, put his name down, and fucked off. I yeah, like slapped some money on the bar, got the drinks in, left. Classy. And to our monthly donors keeping us in beer all year long, they are William Boyce, Charlie Yay. Fraser, Keith Legend. Falconer, Kyle Glover, and Jenny and Ralph Brynard. Yes. They're back. Yay. Yeah. We haven't driven them away, or they forgot to cancel the direct debit. Join them, join them now by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. When, when I, I feel, feel blue, blue in, in the night, and I need you, you to hold, hold me tight, tight whenever I want you. Want you. Red Bull. Max is on the way to greatness. Paris is on the way to standing just behind Max saying, I helped him win that. And Christian Horner hasn't jiggled his feet this much since Vettel was in one of his cars. Is it going to happen this year? It might, you know. Mm. Yeah. The last couple of races, I was like, Uh, they could have spawned it, but this is one where I expected to do Mercedes, uh, Mercedes to do well, and they did. I mean, they didn't do badly, but they didn't do as well as Red Bull. And it looks like the Red Bull genuinely is quicker. They didn't even have an excuse this time, Mercedes, did they? No, not really. They were just weren't as quick. Mm. I think Hamilton drove a really good race, but it wasn't the car wasn't quick enough. Yeah. What with Mercedes saying that they're not really going to develop their car much this year because they're already focusing on next year's. It does seem Could be Red Bulls. It does seem a bit annoying that after years of the races just being that Mercedes are quickest, having it turn around so that now Red Bulls are quickest, it's making me question the whole sport, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> actually what you want is for it to be like two teams that can maybe beat each other at a given weekend, where actually it tends to be. And even a few years ago when it was Mercedes and Ferrari, it's just like, oh, this week these are quicker, this week they're quicker. Maybe there's mm. an argument for like one constructor. Completely spec yeah, I think that's a better idea. I think we just go and watch IndyCar. I think it's better. There. But I mean, we had that in, when was it? 2018, was it? Whenever it was, when there were like seven different winners in the first seven races. It wasn't 2018. It was like 2000. When was it? When was it? It was before the hybrid era. I don't know. They all tend to merge into one now. But loads of different people won loads of different races. Was it really that long ago? I thought it was only about three years ago. Mark anyway. Webber was one of them. Well, he only retired a few years ago. No, you retired in 1980. God, how old are you? <laughs> Did he really? Wow. Was it that, that year when Alan Jones won? I watched. Mark Webber was like, oh, he's the dominant Australian. I watched the Channel 4 highlights this weekend for the first time in ages. And Mark Webber's got a bit cocky, hasn't he? <laughs> well, he has. Well, have you heard his podcast that he does with Steve Jones and uh, Coulthard? No. Where they basically just... they I think they might have been listening to a particular other podcast, particularly since we messaged Steve Jones when he first got the F1 gig. And he followed us on Twitter, and now he's doing a sweary podcast. Just saying. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's called On the Marbles. What? It is quite amusing. So if you like sweary podcasts, although they don't use the C word, and sorry for last week when we didn't beep a C word out, sorry about that. But if you do like um, On the Marbles, you're a <laughs> They get a bit sweary, and they do, and they know what they're talking about, but you know they're not quite as... They've got to toe the line a little bit. Do they sing the Everly Brothers? Yeah, <laughs> They do well, not the Everly Brothers, but there is some. There is some. Oh, they can it's fuck basically off. the Steve Jones show. Oh, well, why don't you just go and fucking join them then, Phil? For sake, Phil. Well, because I'm because I'm not a race winning Grand Prix driver. A promo for a rival podcast. Yeah, sponsored this oh, week you know, by those... on the fucking <laughs> balls. <laughs> Let's start calling them. Now that. we got but not them like Marvel. Now we got Missed Apex. <laughs> that what about a duck or something? What was it? A monkey or something? The duck. What? <laughs> oh, monkey, mon- uh, monkey, monkey seat. seat. And now on the monkey seat, was monkey seat. The yeah. So now we've got <laughs> just. I'm sick of all these. Po- like, why the fuck are there other F1 podcasts? What is enough? We and need. We need. A, we need some people to be better than Terry. <laughs> also, the race. The racist podcast is very good as well. The racist. <laughs> and there's a I don't think the racist <laughs> podcast. <laughs> all right, Phil. Yeah. I mean, you are wearing an England shirt right now. I mean, do you want to shave your head off where you're at? Uh, <laughs> shave my head off. <laughs> that would be a podcast. Uh, anyway, so that was Red Bull. <laughs> do you want to say anything else about Red Bull? 
I was drinking beer. Okay. <laughs> um, uh. Perez Perez was also there. Perez was there. Why yeah, he did. did he Perez did right. He came fourth. Why didn't he beat? Because they he, uh, he went into the pits. They, they, they no, they, no, they went into the pits to do. Um, you know, let's go on faster tyres and catch up. But he never caught up with Bottas, did he? Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, but it so, was it was yeah. close. So it worked when Verstappen did it, and didn't work when it Perez was, did it. It was close. He got stuck. He got stuck in the pits, though, didn't he? I've remembered now. He had a his left wheel got stuck, and he had a long pit stop. Oh, of course. Yeah. And he was right behind Bottas what? at the end. So, but anyway, he still. Wasn't so the right. wheel was stuck for 0.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah, longer, I think. Just what we're gonna have to get used to. But um, I mean, he is he is doing better than Albon and Gasly. So we've he's got to give him that. Doing great. He's, he's nowhere near. No, but he's doing he? great. He is doing exactly what he should be doing. He should be over the fucking moon. They'll sign him for next year. He's gonna get a load of money. He's gonna win another couple of races. He this time last year, well, not this time last year, but you know, last year he was out of a dry. His career was over. And he was saying he's going to sit out 2021 and maybe there's another driver in 2022. And now he's a Red Bull winning racing driver. You also get the feeling that he's quite happy with the situation as well. Like he's accepted the fact that it's like, yeah, Max is quicker. I'm the number two yeah. driver. It's a good team. I might get a few wins and a few podiums, um, make a load of money. And he really is the, the people's David Coulthard. <laughs> Mercedes. Focusing on next year's car is a thing that slightly shit teams do when they have no chance of winning the championship. Why have Mercedes gone and done this? Is this Toto's biggest fuck up since wearing Lederhosen and slash or signing Bottas? Yeah, I guess we'll find out next season. When- because if next season turns up and Mercedes have the fastest car by a country mile, then they would be like, no, it's genius. They've sacrificed this season having won for, was it eight on the track? I mean, they'll probably there? still win this year anyway. Um, I don't know. The, the more this goes on, the less I'm convinced that might happen. A few races ago, I'd think, yeah, yeah of course is- they will. I just now feel like so the sure. FIA are doing a bit of an old Ferrari thing. They go in like, oh, Red Bull, your pit stops are quick. We're going to slow them down. Oh, we're going to have some new tyres coming in and all flexi wings. That's bad. And, mm. you know, it does feel like yeah. FIA are doing that thing where they go, look, we just want the people to win to win. Bill when Gates. did Mercedes first announce that they were now focusing on next year's car? doesn't matter about this year's car. Was it last week? point in this last week. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it was last week. So this is before the track that we thought they were going to do pretty well on. I believe so. Interesting. Yes. What I feel but like, I'm not professional enough Mercedes to know. Mercedes has sure. done so well the last few years. I think it would, and with fairly stable rules this year, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to not spend too much money on this year's car because they were clearly going to walk this championship. So I reckon they made all their sums going. All right, budget cap coming in. We're going to walk it. There's no point doing anything fancy. And then Red Bull have come along and gone, oh, here's a car. <laughs> oh, here's a car. Yeah, classic engineer speak. The, the proof of the pudding will be in next oh. year's eating. Next year's rules aren't just for next year. They're for a, a several seasons to come. And if they start shit, it's going to be it's hard a, to catch it's up. A very, so they, I'd say their priority has got to be... It's a very good way of keeping Hamilton for another few years, isn't it? Because if he'd have walked this one, he might have quit. But if he doesn't win, he'll sign for another three years, bet you. Oh, you might be right. Maybe Toto's going, I can't believe you're going to let him get that from your Lewis. Wouldn't you like to come back? And Three years, though. He'd never sign three years. Yeah, he would. He's got a music career. I don't know. He does keen- oh, that's- Has he? There has. But he has been talking this week or last week about, uh, about the fact that he has started his contract negotiations again, which is a lot earlier than last year. When he signed it, I think before the first, just before the first race or something. So he said he's keen to stay and he wants another contract. So I don't think he'd say that if he was going to sod off. So you can only assume it comes down to cold hard cash and love of commitment. Um, I'd expect him to be there. Yeah, but I, I thought he, I thought Lewis did a pretty solid job this weekend but the car wasn't there I mean he wasn't a million miles away behind uh, Verstappen but Verstappen drove very well and the car wasn't quick enough Aston Martin high rake low rake wombling free the drivers of Aston Martin we are no are we (laughs) are we have you never seen the wombles wombles? no you don't know what the wombles are do you I do know what the wombles are but I haven't seen them Steve Jones knows who the fucking even Mark Webber knows who the fucking Wombles are. Aston Martin, they were there, were they? Why are they so high up? Did we just not change the order of them from uh, from last week? We'll do it. In the that edit. sounds like the kind of thing we'd do. Tell you what about Aston Martin, Lance Stroll is driving pretty well this season. 
It's easy to look good when you're teammates with Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> did you see the um, uh, pass he did around the outside of an Alonso? Because that was a very good pass. Yeah, but that's like... And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's classic Vettel. And then I realised it was Stroll and I was like, oh. Yeah, but that's like taking a ball off George Best or something, isn't it? Vettel, less well. Ferrari! I feel relations have cooled with Leclerc on this podcast this season. But last weekend, he regained my respect and 11 places after starting last. Sign says he thinks that Ferrari is as fast as Red Bull. Does he have deep-rooted issues? And what do you think they are? I mean, yes. That's clearly utter horseshit. His cousin. <laughs> Did it, I didn't see that quote. Is that what His he said? cousin has been saying to him, we're as quick as Red Bull. We. I mean, if that's true, then he is massively underperforming. It's <laughs> a good point, isn't it? I mean, if he's got a car that's as quick as Red Bull and he's saying that, I mean, how much, how shit does like he think saying he is? I was rich as Alan Sugar while the bailiffs are knocking him down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it may be accurate. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know much about Alan Sugar. Uh, Ferrari have been all over the place lately, haven't they? Pole position, pole position. Crash on the first. Oh, oh got to take the bibs out. Sorry. <laughs> what? Um, right. I'll get the wife to do it. To be honest, the bibs are more interesting than mm. Ferrari. So what's the state of play with the bibs? I mean, are you getting through a lot of bibs? Are you buying new ones? Well, what we've done is we've got uh, we've got a collection of four. These specifically the bibs for mealtimes, which are like big coverall smocks right? Uh, that you put over the baby and the table. And then when the, she gets mess everywhere, you just scoop them all up, scrape them down, chuck them in the machine, bosh. Why do you have to wash them at the same time every day? Or just because it's easier, you use three or four of them during the day, bung them all in the machine in the evening, hang them up, and they're dry in the morning. Start again. So how many bibs do you have? Four. Uh, well, we have four of the good design, but the manufacturer we use previously had a different design that wasn't as good, and we have two of those, but we just keep them for emergencies. And what constitutes an emergency? <laughs> Shit everywhere. Not forgetting to take the bibs out of the machine and not having any dry. That's why you set an alarm. I am guilty of. That's why I've set an alarm. You uh, see, it's all coming together. Now we understand more about the Trogman's house. And in a lot of ways, if Matteo Bonotto would follow that kind of forward planning, I think Ferrari would be doing a lot better. What? So if every week an alarm went off, it just went. Don't be shit. Yeah. Win the race because they weren't shit for two races, and now they didn't set the alarm this week. They were shit. He probably he that probably snoozed sense. it by mistake oh, instead of actually doing it. And that was Ferrari. McLaren. Lando is the only driver to have scored all the points this season, whilst Ricardo is the only driver to look like Jimmel fixed it for Terry to have a go at being an F1 driver. Is this seriously bad for the Aussie? Look, I know that I mean that? I know that the Savile reference is paedophilic but also we do know that actually that was a very popular TV series and it's quite a good joke and I don't think it's fair and he probably Jim- he probably didn't fiddle all the kids <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's fair that Jim will fix it as a programme and all the good people that worked on that programme <laughs> have oh. to have their jokes taken away <laughs> because of one man's fiddles probably, there's probably a load of kids who really treasured their Jim will fix it badge and now, like, if I, I really wanted a Jim will fix it badge when I was, I little. want, and you reckon now they're just like, oh man, he's ruined everything. Yeah, definitely. Cheap, though. That's undoubtedly the worst thing about. Or what do you happened. reckon they're on the dark web, really expensive for like um, right wing nuts? I mean, maybe <laughs> you can buy them at sort of weird boot sales in like Alabama, where they're also selling Nazi regalia. <laughs> Coming down really harsh on Alabama today. Sorry, Alabama, but you deserve it. Well, uh, Ricardo, Ricardo, what's going on? We thought he got it after last week. He thought we'd figured out how to drive the car, and now he hasn't at all figured out how to drive the car. He's still on crapping. the Channel Four highlights. Mark Webber even had to go at his countryman and said something like, "And the thing is, he's even talking about being homesick. It's like, what the fuck's that about? He's homesick. He should be a professional athlete. Why is he homesick? It's like, all right, mate, leave off a bit. It's very disappointing. Norris is Captain Fifth. That's not a great name. I'll come up with something better mm-hmm. for next time. But fifth gear. He just keeps finishing fifth. Mm. The fifth element. But oh, that's good. Yeah, I quite like that. But um, he's, he's he's the he's the best yeah. of the rest, and regularly so. And he's doing brilliantly, and he continues to do. Brilliantly. But he's and he was third on the. But bridge. he is so much better than Ricardo. So he may be fifth, but he, he makes Ricardo look shit. Well, Ricardo's making Ricardo yeah. look shit. I think even if Ricardo was driving well, Norris would probably be. Well, it's difficult to say for sure. Probably up there. Let's do a brief recap ahead of Ricardo's career. So he comes into Red Bull, makes Vettel look shit. Yeah. And to be fair, Vettel still looks shit. 
Well, he was at Toro Rosso before. Oh, yeah. pretty then good. Max Verstappen made him look shit. So he goes to Renault yeah. to make the accountants look shit, makes a lot of money, makes Cyril Abitable look shit. <laughs> then Alonso comes in after he goes to McLaren, where Lawrence Nando... No, <laughs> Lawrence Nando? <laughs> There's a new restaurant. There's <laughs> a new t-shirt. Um, Lando Norris makes him look shit. He's basically looked shit for quite a few years now. I mean, there is a danger that, yeah, he did absolutely torpedo himself. But we've talked about this before. He torpedoed himself by leaving Red Bull. But if he'd have stayed, it would have driven him insane because he'd end up being boss. Well, he'd be more of a Perez at worst. Um, and what would you rather be, <clears throat> Perez or Ricardo? I mean, Ricardo looks like he has more fun. Not anymore. Yeah. Not, Not anymore. Look at him now. Even in no. interviews, he's looking haggard. That is true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he still can't even flash his smile. Pretending with the mask. to be happy, but there's a deadness behind his eyes. It's not going well. How long do you think it's going to be before McLaren? Because he's got like a three-year contract. If he's not going together by the end of this year, then I think Alonso is going to be sniffing back at that seat. There's no way Alonso. Oh yeah, no, no. McLaren will say McLaren. "fuck off, mate," but he'll be there <laughs> going. Hello, remember me? It's like you're Hello, remember me? <laughs> I've got my own podcast. Kimo. It's called the, the Kimoa Hour. Yeah, well done, Norris. Fuck's sake, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Get your act together. Alpha Tauri. Gasly was taken out at the start and Sonoda scored a point. But all we want to talk about is their boat trip. What happened and who did they kill? <laughs> Do you want to take this one, Terry? Well, I've only seen the one picture where they're both in kind of weird clothes on a boat and Sonoda looks terrified. Are they in Lederhosen? That's what yes, Austrian Lederhosen. Is it Alpha Tauri Lederhosen? Is it, does Alpha Tauri sell Lederhosen? I've never looked on Oh, uh, yeah, they're £4,000 each. Fuck off. But they're on a boat, and Sonoda looks terrified, which either means he's scared of water, <laughs> or Gasly's just convinced him to kill the girl, the <laughs> prostitute they took out with them, and he's feeling a bit weird about it. I mean, I was going to go different. I was, I was thinking maybe it's like when they take Fredo out on the boat, and that's what Sonoda thought was going to happen. But it wasn't Fredo. It was an old... Toro Rosso driver mm-hmm. Christian Clean. Ooh, do you reckon there's a club for old Toro Rosso drivers where they just all meet up yes and it's called Formula E ha 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 Gasly was unlucky Tsunoda he's not just unlucky though Gasly well, he, he's I mean, Marks not... and Spencer's unlucky <laughs> <laughs> I mean he was unlucky he got he crashed into everybody in the first lap and then broke his wheels Alpine Ocon has finally read in his contract that to be teammates with Alonso, you have to be inexplicably shit. Fernando, however, finished one place above Sonoda, so, you know, worth it. I've just remembered that every time I see Sonoda, he appears to be battling Alonso, if he's not spinning it into a wall. Him and Alonso have had a lot of, uh, a lot of old ding-dongs. Do you reckon they're year? friends? Do you reckon it's a bit like an 80s sitcom where Alonso's taken him yeah. under his wing? I think Alonso hates him. Esteban Ocon has got a spanky new contract to stay with Alpine for ages. And he's not doing very well. But Alpine's I not going to last... I remember Ocon being a lot better. Alpine's not going to last three years, so it's fine. It doesn't matter. Do you not reckon? Or do you reckon Renault will pull the plug? Yeah, there's no way. They, they've put so much money into this team and they are so shit. There's got to come a point where you're like, do you know what? But that's the F1, that's the F1 way. Mm. Yeah, but at some point you have to go, no. So they've turned it into Alpine. I say they'll do next year and then they'll be done. Forever. Well, we'll see how next year goes because they've all put all this money into these new regulations. They'll do one year's new regulations and then they'll yeah. sell the team to Enron or something. Okay. They'll probably do that, but then they'll win the final race of the season and have an absolutely dominant car the next year because that's what happens when you quit F1. Yes. As Honda um, have proved on several you occasions. Made that out, like, all the teams that have quit F1 have done really well that way. I think you'll find <laughs> there are some teams that have quit F1 that yeah. have not done quite so well. No, don't you remember Don't you remember when Simtech won the last three races of the season just before they folded? HRT... Yeah, absolutely crushed Champions. it. Well, well, at that time Virgin. when uh, Chandok was uh, was world champion. Daniel Ricciardo yep. started for Will HRT, Stevens got all those. Oh, yeah, he did. And he's going to end there. They were there. crap, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Didn't they not have a car for like, for the, was it their first race? They turned up at qualifying or something in Australia and they hadn't, won, hadn't run the car at all before Pretty or much. something like that. Didn't that happen? Yep. Brilliant. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo may as well be a cruising company giving an old dear a chance to go out for her one last trip before death and also a young man with long hair to have a final holiday fling with. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. And 
as soon as Raikkonen quits F1, it's probably the end of this podcast because our podcast seems to be based around saying Raikkonen's getting a bit old, he should quit. But <laughs> I am so yeah, from the very first episode, I'm so bored of him and Giovinazzi. I did hear a rumor this uh, this week, and I didn't hear anything to back up where it came from, but that Alfa Romeo might be pulling the plug for next year. Somebody was suggesting that uh, maybe they could go oh, back to the they'll probably win the last title. race, because that's what happens in Formula 1. <laughs> probably. Probably. Giovinazzi will win two on the trot. Sure. I just don't notice them anymore. Do, what, what happened in this one? I mean, where were they? 11th and 15th. I mean, Raikkonen's just outside the points again, waiting for some more cars to fail, and maybe he'll get in there. He's still doing all right. I mean, the car's clearly he a bit still clears a lot. He's still beating his teammate. He still clears a lot of places on the first lap. He's still got a bit of race in him. But it's just sad, yeah. isn't it? Why it doesn't? I mean, he doesn't need to do this. He's got a lot of money. Imagine how much money he's got after doing twenty years of Formula One and being a world champion. He's got a lot of money, and he was in NASCAR for a bit, and they pay them loads. And he did like rally. So, and he's got yeah. But he um, still hasn't left. He has had the yeah. He clearly, clearly likes just it. Think he, <laughs> for some at least act like family. it. Uh, and Giovinazzi. A couple of races ago, I thought Giovinazzi was starting to look quite good. Because you remember Giovinazzi, yo, some time ago, when he was in the junior formula, it was actually quite highly regarded, and then he's just oh, been shy. It, like, it feels like he's been going for as long as Raikkonen. The thing is, he's at this point in his career where he's done like four or five years. It's like a Grosjean. You know, once you've done like five, six years of being a shit driver, what's the point? Just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting on a bit now, actually, Jimmy. He's 27 now. Oh, piss off. Yeah, he's quite wow. old. But he's he's got two championships under his belt. Oh, so have I. He's got, he was the Formula, the 2012 <laughs> Formula Pilota China champion. And you don't get that by not being handy. And uh, he also won the 2015 <laughs> Masters of Formula 3. There's anything more made up. That's like me saying I've got the... I mean, not like Formula Pilota China, when he was up against such other luminaries as only four other drivers who have Wikipedia pages. I thought you were going to say the cast of Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, and only one of which I've heard of, which is Sean Galeal, who was in F2. But uh, not a master of F2. No. Anyway, yeah, so the point is, uh, we've spent far too long on them. Williams! Oh. Williams did the most Williamsy thing that Williams could ever do, which was to nearly score points and then run out of air. Air. The mechanics were blowing into it with a straw. I've never seen that before. How do you run out of air? <laughs> what the fuck was going on? I've never seen that happen before. Can you can you remember a time when anyone's had a where they've had to top up the pneumatic system where they've literally had to blow air into the car? I don't remember ever seeing that. It's like they've taken punctures to a whole new level. They are taking the new pit stop strategy. <laughs> right, you've got to wait 0.2 seconds. What can we do in 0.2 seconds? I don't know. Let's blow some air into the car. <laughs> I mean, if it was helium or something, that would make him go faster. But I did feel bad for George Russell because he was he was looking pretty good. I actually don't feel bad for mm. George Russell anymore because every time he's in the points, normally, to be fair, it's him that fucks up. But you've got the kind of safety car crash, the other crash. Then you've got the whole Mercedes fuck up. It's just like him being in the points. He seems to be <laughs> allergic to it. It just seems to be that something goes wrong when he's in the points. It's like saying Candyman several times into a mirror. If George Russell gets into the points, then you just summon up darkness. Oh, well. Okay. Nicholas Latifi was also there. I he did finish the race, so... Yeah, he had all his air. What they should yeah. have done mm. they, is they should have done, like, you know, um, when planes, like, refuel air-to-air, -air, <laughs> they yes. should have got Latifi to kind of ride next to Russell, <laughs> and then a big what cone letter. comes out of the car and just, like, sucks all the air out. <laughs> yeah. Has to da 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 has 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 can't pick a fight I with feel like he could really, like he could really punch you back, though. No, he's a bully and a coward. I've got a feeling Mazapans might have hard friends. Oh, there is that worry, isn't there? You yeah. pick a fight on him, you beat the I shit like out Putin. of him because he's a coward. But then, yeah, the entire might of the Russian Navy turns up at your door. Ah, I'm quite surprising in Berlin. Yeah, I live inland. It's great. <laughs> 
All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. This is an announcement for a missing person. We have been asking Jack Nichols to get in touch with the podcast for a good three or four weeks now, and there's been nothing. I think he's put his allegiance to on the marbles, or whatever it's called. So I have... In tribute to our fallen friend, who I don't think we'll ever see again, and I'm definitely not getting tickets to the Formula E at the Templehofer Feld, even though it's only <laughs> 10 minutes from my house. So here is the standings in tribute to Jack Nichols. In first place, it's Jack Verstappen. In second place, it's Lewis Jackleton. Third place, Jack Fruit Perez. Fourth, jacking up the points like there's heroin in his veins. It's Lando Norris. Fifth, spitting Jack Flash is a bottas tas tas. Uh, sixth is Charlie Cloak. That's Jacques Cousteau. Jack and Jill got the hill is Carlos Sainz. Jack from Titanic is Pierre Gasly. Scored jack shit points compared to his teammate as Daniel Ricciardo. Doesn't like to use a jack as Sebastian Vettel. Antonio Giovagiacchi is Fernando Alonso for some reason. Was originally called Jack, but as a toddler, page of his name changed to something more loyal. That's Lance Stroll. Jackie Stewart is 13th. Jack Whitehall, who seems nice, but is a is 14th. Judy Bloom is 15th. as Kimi Raikkonen. And Antonio Giovagiacchi again, because something went wrong on my spreadsheet. And for the standings, for the teams... Styria is a made-up word for a name for a place. It's not really a place. So here are the made-up words. If the teams were countries, Tincania is Red Bull. Sylvanian families, because <laughs> I don't know why. Mercedes, Papaya New Guinea. That's McLaren. That's quite a good one. Prancing horses stand only here because you got lost. Avatari Martin Land is Aston Martin because it just occurred to me that Aston Martin is this like really cool brand, but one of the words is Martin. When you think about it, right? It's like if they were called like Aston Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Aston. I Ruff. might go back to stand up. Uh, <laughs> next update here is Alpine. Uh, what is the pointier? It's Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks. I want to know what what you've got against Jack Whitehall. My mum sat next to him at a wedding, actually. Oh. Jack Whitehall. Um, I bet yeah. he called to dress it. Her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> him. I'm liking that on her tits. <laughs> she said. <laughs> oh, no, hang on, that's calling the person her. No, hang on, I'm liking yeah. her on. Well, that's what happened at Chica's dress fitting. Called the called the dress her, and then referred to Chica. That's as what it. I'm trying to work out. Yeah. Oh, that's the joke. Yeah. It wears her very You're nicely. Just referring to my yeah. mother. I wasn't oh, referring to. Right, no, I'm talking to the funny. bride at the wedding your mother was at. Oh, I thought you were talking about my I'm mother. Not gonna, I mean, uh, Jack Whitehall might have had a look at your mother's tits but in my head I'm not going to be imagining your mother's tits so that Jack Whitehall could do fucking hell Chica <laughs> Mystic tits she's been on the show <laughs> oh I feel sick not that your mother's would make yeah. me feel sick no no I'm just no. saying I don't want to be seen as that kind of and now for the man of the match of driving Sergio Verstappen. And now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Seeing as finally the hybrid era has started to bring in a real nail-biter of a competition, it's probably time we started to think about bidding it all for the next engine formula. VW are sending Audi and Porsche bosses to the Austrian Grand Prix for a meeting, but as they're all the same company, it's probably one man with a fake moustache who keeps trying to distract Stefano de Bedicale and go, over there, look, oh, oh now I am Porsche, ha 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 ha. <laughs> the agenda is quite open. Well, they at least will be talking about engines, but the idea is that the next-gen engine will be, quote, about environmental sustainability, social and automotive relevance, fully sustainable fuel, creating a powerful and emotive power unit, significant cost reduction, and attractiveness to new power unit manufacturers. Which is the vaguest amount of horseshit I think I've ever heard. <laughs> but at least you can shovel the manure in the back to make it go. Now, biofuel might be the future, but I don't think it is. If anything, it sounds like VW are leading Formula One up the garden path. So at the last minute, they can do a Yahoo sucks year and say we weren't interested anyway, as they watch Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull Engines Incorporated, oh, and Renault, all try and make Mr. Fusion engines from my compost bin. But don't worry, I have a solution. <laughs> Many years ago, when we were relevant and Kimi Raikkonen felt too old for F1, we applied to the FAA to be an engine supplier, and I think it's time, like Aston Martin signing Vettel, to use some old ideas to try and stop from sliding into nothingness. 
Designing an engine is incredibly complicated, if not just for all the tunes. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why this makes me laugh so much. <laughs> Design... Designing an engine is incredibly complicated, if not just for all the tubing you need. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest bit. (laughs) But if we take the brief and break it down, we can come up with an idea, get Honda to build it, and then we can take the credit, but they inevitably fuck off. So, one by one, the specific objectives, let's remember, are environmental sustainability, social and automotive relevance, fully sustainable fuel, a powerful automotive power unit, significant cost reduction, and attractiveness to new power unit manufacturers. So the official 2025 engine from us will be painted green, wind-powered engine that uses a draft from the car in front to drive the turbine, so they'll have to get closer, but actually it'll be an old V10 because that just won't work. We could then make it emotive and tweet anti-vax stuff next to a Union Jack whilst Andrew Neil screamed woke from his sleep in France in a cold sweat. It'll be free as it'll have to be smuggled in by Cornish sailors post-Brexit, and everyone will want one because we'll tell them all that the other teams have already bought one. The end. Brilliant. And that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the new F1 game, which is coming soon. And it has like a story mode in it with like made up drivers, including Aidan Jackson, Casper Ackerman and Devon Butler. Imagine if one of them was called Chica Ayres. That would have been great. (gasps) Can you change the name? And to Terry Saunders. We have not had time to talk about the newsletter that still goes out every week. So if you want to listen and no read what we say on a monday morning stroke afternoon then um sign up to the newsletter at www.newsletter.com forward slash fff1s we'll be back next week for the austrian grand prix but in the meantime check out our facebook page facebook.com forward slash for f one sake and follow us on twitter at for f one sake and Terry, where can people buy merch? www.tshirts.com forward slash FF1S. FF1S.com forward slash shop, 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 shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I've been Tigress. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.